0: Good morning. Welcome to the Bond Sunday Morning Services. Thank you so much for tuning in. I absolutely appreciate it. Um, if you know, we do have some emails that I'll try and get to today. Uh, I, I want to answer your questions, so continue to uh, email us at church at bondinfo.org, church at bondinfo.org, and put your name and town, name and town on your emails you can also call us at 1-800-411-BOND, 1-800-411-2663. I realize that we're not live on the internet, but you can call me during the week and uh, I can answer some of your questions. As some of you are already doing, I can answer your questions at that time concerning the topic of today. And I do appreciate, um, I appreciate your emails and your phone calls. We're starting to really have an impact out there. There's there's, I, I don't know of anyone else who are having the type of meetings that we're having here at Bond, and a lot of you are being helped by it out there, and as well as the ones who are, attend the meetings, so thank you for that. Church at org. I'm Jesse Peterson, and good morning to you guys here. Appreciate you being here. Um, this year, I want to talk, I, I have a theme, is to endure, endure, and, um, uh, the reason that I came up with that is because I realized that a lot of people don't want to endure pain. They want, they want life to be nice and easy and painless. And they don't realize that if it's like that, you're not going to get anywhere in life. It's like when someone gives you something and you don't earn your way, then it destroys you. It doesn't build you up. It tears you down. It doesn't develop character when things are easy for you. But last year, I had the opportunity of counseling with just hundreds of folks around the country over and over again. And nine times out of ten, the ones who did not want to endure pain, they hated the situations in their lives. They ended up not getting over them. The whole year went by, and they're the same as they were when the year started out. You cannot, you cannot, you will not You get better in life unless you learn to endure pain. You got to take the pain. And it's the pain, you know, there's a saying that no pain, no gain. And it's the pain that causes us to overcome and get better. No pain, no gain. It's like I remember as a kid, whenever my grandparents were hard on me, even though I didn't like it at the time, I would rebel against the pain. I would cry. I would get upset. But I would notice that after a while, there was, some, there was a change in me for the good. It made me do what is right. It made me get better in life. And as an adult, you know, I got, I, I got better in life. So I appreciate my grandparents being tough on me, whereas with those parents who allow their kids to get away with things and not really make them earn their way growing up, they grow up to be lazy and criminals and dependent and looking to the government or somebody else to take care of them. Um, when you read the history of Jesus Christ, Jesus suffered for us. He, he didn't just come here and lay back and bought, our, bought us out of sin. He had to pay a price for us. It wasn't easy, and he paid the price. And just as he had to do it because he is our example, we're going to have to do it too. And so this whole year, I want to encourage you uh, to rejoice in the time of tribulation. You know, don't complain about it, don't murmur about it, don't get upset about what you have to go through, because if you do, folks, it's just a waste of time. And read the, read more about the history of Jesus Christ. He's a good example of what suffering is. Uh, last week, I asked you guys to read a, ch- a chapter in the Bible. What was that? Anybody know what that was? Hebrew uh,
1: twelve <laughs> well, we
2: wrote, we wrote chapter 12, 12. yeah.
0: Did you read it? Did you read it?
2: Yeah, I did.
0: You read it. Who yeah, did not read it? He did not read it. And why did you read it?
3: I didn't know that it was a sign. I'm sorry? I didn't realize that it was a sign. Oh, you didn't?
0: Yeah. Oh, you didn't hear me say read it?
3: I must not have been paying attention.
0: Oh, okay. You didn't hear me say read it I, I thought I said read it when you have time. You're really going to like it. I didn't say that? Yes, sir. Did you read it? Well...
2: What Something else came to mind real quick. It's relating to what we are talking
4: about.
0: Right.
2: As a matter of fact, it says in the Bible.
0: Oh well, Hold that thought. I want to talk to the people who did not read it first. Oh. You, you say you did not read it, Kristen? Well,
4: no. Forrest thinks you assigned it on Thursday because I don't remember it being assigned last Sunday. Oh, I
0: didn't assign it on Sunday? You assigned it on Thursday. Oh, Thursday. I, I didn't yeah, read
5: Thursday.
0: it. Oh. You read it. But we, read, we it, read it on and Sunday. It, you know. And I didn't say, make sure you read it. Oh, okay. Not right. on Sunday. But Thursday, Thursday, Thursday night we said yes. read it. Okay. Did you read it for us? No. Even after assigning on Thursday night, you
5: said it read? Thursday was just like yesterday, you know I mean? I, mean, <laughs> I just recovered from Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> Today. No, I, around here.
0: I wish you had read it. Did you read it? Oh, okay. I wish you had read it. I read it over and over and over again. It is so, it has so much in there. We're going to talk about it in a minute here. But I wish you had read it. Yes. Um, I wish you had read it. I really do, because it's a lot about perseverance. I have to learn how to speak better with my words. Kelly, one of the Bond girls, is speaking up now. (laughs) So she's speaking up to everybody, anything that comes along, right? So (laughs) she said to me the other night, Jesse, I noticed that when you say, you don't don't use the proper grammar sometimes. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I noticed that too, Kelly, thanks. (laughs) She said, a lot of time when you say she, you don't say she has, you say she have or he have. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's true about me. I can't tell the difference sometimes. But I'm like, thank you, Kelly, for speaking up to me for that. So she's like speaking up to everybody. Do not get in Keller's way if <laughs> you don't want to hear the truth. But I'm glad she's doing it because after a while, it'll mellow out and she'll be right in the right place. It's always better to speak up than not to speak up. And if you see that you're wrong, oh, I'm sorry, I was wrong about it. But at least you get it out. Um, but anyway, um, in, that, in that chapter, it talks about the suffering that we have to go through and what it all means. And, and it's so important that you read it. Yes, ma'am. When I
4: remember what was read last week. Wasn't that also about being receptive to, um, you know, I, I don't want criticism, you know, that other people can, can help you with? Is that part of yes. I wish you had read
0: this. I was so, I'm so ready to talk about it. Tell Doug to come and stand right there. I want him to hear something. Then, of course, I'm coming to you. Yes, Pat? I make
6: like a point about people reading stuff. We need to get past the idea of waiting for someone to tell us to read something. Right. Because you, you read the chapter last Sunday. Somebody had an interest in it. Hey, go and open the book and, and read it. Yep. Wait for the preacher to tell you to read the book.
0: Right, look like you would have wanted to read it after we we hooped and hollered about it so much on last Sunday, and before you did anything else, I would have would have wanted to at least go home and read that short. Sure. Let me make this point about it, and then I'll let you make your point, and and, and just to pick on what you said about it, uh, it says that perseverance is part of your training. Isn't that amazing? I mean, just that alone to me means so much, perseverance. Is part of your training. God is treating you as his son. I mean, that alone is enough, just in that one thing. But since you guys, most of you didn't read it, maybe you guys should go home and just the readers here. But that alone, isn't that some perseverance is part of your training? God is treating you as his son, meaning that he's giving you pain because he loves you. You know, he's a, a brutal father because he loves you. Today they would put him in jail. <laughs> they would call it child, child abuse and put you in jail, right? But God has given us pain. He's given us challenges because he loves us. It's like a father or a mother who allow you to keep falling down and watching you get up on your own instead of reaching down and pulling you up because they love you. Isn't that amazing? And that's why we gotta not be so into um, complaining about suffering. Later on in here, that we'll talk about it. It says that if you complain about suffering for too long, it brings on grief. You know, I know people who are so into anger, and they have named it and claimed it and and, uh, uh, um, you know complain about it that they are locked into grief now of anger. That's all they know. It seems almost natural. And You're not supposed to be complaining. You're supposed to rejoice in the time of tribulation. It brings on patience, understanding, and growth. But I won't steal the whole thing. Go ahead, John. You read it.
2: Yes, I did. I did. Uh, as a matter of fact, I went through it, and uh, I didn't understand uh, a number of passages. But, uh, just to add on to what you said, uh, is that uh, God loves us. Uh, it, God loves his sons. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to... Yeah, uh, give me a favor.
0: You Don't add to what I said. No, no, I'm going to come... from it because no, I'm going to come I want. Right,
2: right to that. Okay. Okay? He, he, he loves those who... Chast- In other words, he chastises those who he loves. Yes. You know? I mean, you, you already said it. And the reason why it's actually... Good to focus on this is because you know our life has become such that uh, you know we get away from that even in a day-to-day living. You know what? In, in the old days, people used to work hard. You yeah. know, uh, and uh, and pain was more part of life than it is today. The way our life has become through technology and 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 whatever else. Okay, life is. You know, it has become, um, you know, we have become softer. Now, that's really true. We have really become softer, and that's the reason why that is so important, really.
0: I think that everybody needs to go back to picking cotton (laughs) and (laughs) chopping down trees and the hard life, because that's the best life. You're absolutely right. Uh, When you hear that um, God is treating us this way because we are his sons, He's he's given us his pain for that reason. What goes through your mind? Mean God? No. no.
2: <laughs> I, I, just, I just never th- heard that before. Yeah. I don't. What goes through my mind, I guess, would be more like you know how I was brought up in a sense that I was always made to work. Always, if I wanted any money, I had to go out and mow the lawn or do something. Yeah. And so I I hated it then, but you know it taught me how to work. For sure.
0: But you didn't know that God treat you the same way right No. And the interesting thing about it He treats only his sons And daughters that way He doesn't treat worldly people that way yes. Only the ones who are his sons And daughters he chastises Everybody else he lets you go to hell He doesn't even care Isn't that amazing But because he's your father He's constantly um, uh, chastising you And correcting you And causing you to overcome so it's a blessing that he's treating us this way because we are his children. If we were, we're not his children, he, he'll let us just end up on skid row and just look at us like we're crazy. Yes, sir.
2: How does he chastise you,
0: though? Very good question. Did anybody hear that question? Ask it again until yes. Mike can speak it up. How does he chastise you? How does he chastise <laughs> him Because he's a sinner and you're the saint. Thanks, Mama. I mean, John. No. <laughs> <laughs> but ask the question again. How does he chastise you? Answer the question. Me? Uh-huh. Uh. This is so good. I couldn't wait to come here today to talk about this. Uh, but I was hoping everybody read it. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Well, uh, I don't really, really... Well, let me just give it... That is a million-dollar question. Yeah, it is. Challenge. Yeah, well, challenges still,
0: time, challenges still come anyway, said. but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, who's talking it. about being a good father, Mama? Who uh, that give the <laughs> an answer out? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. I. Uh, uh, I
5: don't really have a
2: good answer. Okay. I
0: really don't. Um. I can't think of your name. You can shoot me in the red. I'm terrible. Name. How does you read this? You read this right. How does he chastise? When you think about God chastising you, how does He do it?
7: When I don't. And um... see, I want you guys to
0: know this because if you know it for yourself, you're going to be fine in life. I know it for myself because I know myself now. And I see what he's doing to me. And I'm okay with it. It doesn't always feel good, but I'm okay with it. You know what I'm saying? And I want you to have that same insight about yourself. So that's why I'm asking. How does he chastise you?
7: When I don't do what I know that he wants me to do, and there are times when I know that he has... Told me to do something, and in my mind's eye, I go a different way. Then the consequences of that, um, I have to suffer. But that that suffering is not without um, without a knowledge that he undergirds me. For instance, um, oh gosh, I can't think of a good for instance.
0: I'm loving this endurance thing. <laughs> I'm looking forward to this year, too. Just really, really just getting in the meat of it. Because people do not like pain. And if they get some pain, they only want it for a minute. When will this pain end? Yes. <laughs> I want this to be over. I thought it was going to be over yesterday, right? No, I like it. Not in your time. I'm sorry, go ahead. I can't
7: think of a good example, but... There are times when I know that I have taken a turn that I knew that I shouldn't take. And I know that I am going through. And I know that God is with me going through. I know that I'm going through because of what I did. And I know that He's with me as I go through.
0: Okay. And so that's how you know He is chastising you. Right, pain. How about, you had your hand? Yeah. Okay. Um
8: Your conscience bothers you. You can't. Uh, I know this from personal experience because I'm lazy. You're lazy? You asked me once if I was lazy. I remember this. I can never forget. And I, at the time I said no, but that's because I was listening to my thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, your conscience bothers you and your. are um, you're not able to make good decisions, you know you until you snap out of it
0: okay, so that's how you know when he's chastising you yeah okay yeah you your hand? yes i
5: I've noticed that some of the nagging problems that I have that I know are are wrong and and uh that I have habits that i bad habits that I've stopped um I've had um, a message from God not to do this and I will stop doing it and then maybe two years later I'll do it again because I think the circumstances are different and the penalty and the outcome is worse and then two years later I'll do it again. And the outcome is worse again until it gets to the point where the pain is almost unbearable. And I'm not very smart. It takes me a lot of pain to, to And
0: when listen. you say pain, what kind of pain are you having? What type of pain are you having? Just so people be, understand pain. What do you mean by pain?
5: Just the agony to the agony to where why would I do this when I know it's wrong and I consistently there's something stubborn in me that wants to do, go in this direction yeah. when it is not the way to go, and then the ultimate conclusion of my actions appears in front of me, and I'm thinking, well, you know, even a two-year-old can figure this out. Why can't you figure it out when you have seen it so many times, and the outcome every time gets worse, noticeably worse, multiplied worse, and. Um, and I think, well, hopefully I'll learn this time.
0: And that's why you know. Do you know at that time God is chastising you?
5: There's no, mis- There's no mistake. Okay. There can't be any mistake about it. It's not a coincidence anymore. Right. It's its not a coincidence that it ended up the way it ended up.
0: Is this helping so far? So, Some. Some. You don't have it yet. No. All right. We want to make the light bulb come on for you. Right. <laughs> and not just you. A lot of people don't know when God is chastising them. They don't know... This is the time that I need to endure. Because I think that if they truly, truly knew it, then um, they, would, uh, they wouldn't they would complain about it. They wouldn't blame others for it. They would just take it and get it over them, just like that. Because when he's chastising you, one of the reasons that the pain lasts so long, your ego don't want you to admit you were wrong. That is you. It feels like you want to blame others, right? I was listening and speaking of blaming others. I'm watching this report this morning, this news report about the housing market. And uh, this woman, Eleanor, Congresswoman Eleanor Holmes. That's her name? She's a little black lady with an afro? Eleanor Holmes Norton. Yeah, Yeah. Eleanor Holmes Norton. (laughs) Norton. They were up there blaming, they were blaming uh, racism on the fact that black people lost their homes in this crisis. They were blaming on racism. I'm thinking, this is evil. Now, they cried racism so that they could get the loans. They said, we can't get loans because we're black, and they're discriminating against us. They won't let us have loans, right? And so the government said, okay, we'll set up a program so you can get the loans. And so the government set up the program. They They get the loans, and they get these loans that they can't afford to have. They you get these loans that, after a while, the interest rate goes up. What do you call it? Subprime loans? Are they called subprime?
9: Well, those
0: are subprime yeah. variable rate loans. Yeah. Subprime, Pure, right, right. right. where the rate goes up after a Insurance year or Right. And so apparently a lot of black Americans took that loan as well, right? As a matter of fact, I had a loan like that on my house. And then for some reason, something told me I need to get out of it. And I got out of it just like that, and went back to the fixed rate just in time. And right after that, everything crashed. It was so weird. But uh, so the government said, "Okay, black folks, we're going to give you a loan." Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and all—you can have it. And they ran out and got the loans, and everybody just grinning and having fun and getting all these loans and refinancing their homes, thinking America love us, you know. Then everything crashed. And now they're blaming racism that they went out and got the loan. They're saying, well, uh, they should not have given it to us, or they didn't tell us the truth about it. I'm like, oh, my God, give me a break. And I'm thinking, and the reporter asked Eleanor about this. She said, well, wasn't, didn't they get these loans from black realtors? And, she, and Eleanor paused for a moment, and she said, well, we don't want to blame the black realtors. We don't want to say that they deceive black Americans. I'm like, you idiot. You need to do something about your head and you can think better. It's crazy how they're doing that. Just take no responsibility at all. If you don't take any responsibility for your wrongdoing, you're never going to get better. If you don't take the pain and say, you know what? I, nobody made me take this loan. I went out there. It looked like it was a good thing. I was greedy. I wanted it. I wanted the money, and I did it. I uh, lied to get the loan because a lot of you folks lied about their credit. They signed their, they used their children' uh, social security number and everything to get those loans, and now they're still turning around and blaming that on racism. My point is, when you are suffering, when you're being chastised, if you blame anybody else for it, you don't get better. Have you noticed that? And in that pain, it's hard to say that this is my fault. It is so easy to blame someone else, but the moment you can admit. Because you don't go through anything that you don't deserve to go through. Have you noticed that? Yes. Really. Everything we go through, we deserve to go through it. And it makes us better if we deal with it right. But it can make us worse if we don't. Uh, I don't know why I said all that. I forgot why I said all that. I hope it paid off, though. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Not
2: chastising us, but chastising yeah. me. Uh, even though you know, I married my wife and I wasn't forced to, but I made a mistake, that's true. <laughs> I made a mistake, but I still see that uh, that's one way God is chastising me. Yes,
0: that's right. And it's not your wife's fault. No. It is no. your fault.
2: Oh, absolutely. One hundred percent.
0: That's right. And when you can accept the chastisement Uh, like that. I remember then you could get better. I remember once my grandmother, probably many times, but she was going to whoop me and she made me go out and tear the the limb off the tree to whoop me with, right? And normally when my grandmother's whooping me, I'm like screaming and yelling and carrying on. And as long as I scream and yell, she just have a ball on me. But I I decided one day I'm not going to cry. I'm just going to take this one and for some reason, she couldn't go that, that long on me that time. It looked like she felt bad about it or something. And it was because I was willing to take the punishment for what I had done. But if every time I was unwilling to take the whooping for what I had done, I mean, that was the longest whooping you will ever have. But when you can make up your mind that I'm going to take the pain for doing wrong, you'll be fine, really, because God is chastising us. We are his sons and daughters, and he loves us. That's why you're doing it. Yes, ma'am.
4: Um, endurance is, is a really great thing uh, for me this year. Um, because I, I mean, when I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing, um, you know, I physically I get worse. Yes. And it's just, uh, that's how God is, is, I mean, everybody has a different set of, of challenges. That's right. And, you know, and, and um, so... You know, I'm, I think I know what I should be doing, but I'm not. That's right. And so it's, you know, you take the, the responsibility for that. It's not fun. But, um, but then you've got to, you know, finally say, okay, well, am I going to pay the price, which is doing the things that you, you should be doing. Yes, ma'am. And um, so I think that's, that's how you know if, you know, I think you're being chastised because everybody's got their own set of problems. But if you're not having that, that really good life.
0: Very good point. Everybody have their own thing you got to go through It's all the same spirit, but everybody have their own sin, their own problems they got to go through. but if you can relax and go through it and don't complain don't and don't get so into it that it turns to grief, you can get over it just you can it's going to be painful for a little while. you can hoop and holler just a little bit, you know, but do not get so into it and it's like when someone dies that is close to us, God said we should grieve for three days and then wash our face and hands and go our way, right? And you notice those people who take that grief beyond that third day, you'll see them in 10 years, they are still grieving over somebody that's died because it turns to something else when you let it last too long. You cannot let this stuff go on and on because it's spiritual. It's a spirit and it's evil. And if you don't do it in the proper way, it destroys your nature. It's not even necessary to go past, you know, mama's dead. It's hard that mama or daddy die, right? Cry three days, wash your face and hand, and let the dead bury the dead. You go live your life. But if you take it past, oh, a year later, what's wrong? M- mama died. <laughs> mama died 1990. <laughs> and I'm not over it yet. It's evil. It's not even, it's all ego. It's not necessary. Yes, it and to
4: recognize, it, like Kelly says, but just don't judge yourself. Just, you know, that's not your job is to judge yourself. It's just to, you know, try to get over it by doing the things that you know you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. But, you know, just don't get caught up in like, you know, I wish I were a better person. You know, I, I'm I'm being punished. No, just recognize what you need to do.
0: And Never ever ever say why me the most weakest, pathetic person in the world say, why me? Why not you? <laughs> that should be the question. <laughs> why not me, God? <laughs> I mean, Jesus never once said, why me? And, he, and, and if you have read this uh, uh, Hebrew chapter 12, 1 through 13, God is not even asking us to shed blood. Jesus had to shed blood. And so far, no one in this room and out there, as far as I know, have you had to share blood in your suffering yet? No. Other than Frankie, I think that's it. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not even asking us to share blood in our chastisement, in our endurance. And this little stuff that you're complaining about is ridiculous anyway. It's just, it's really silly. Uh, let me take, right here, Patrick, did I come to you again? Yes. I was going to say you brought
3: that example from the nine- dying. That happened to me a year or so ago when someone close to me passed away. And I won't say it took me three days, probably it took me about six months. But even in my grieving time, I could see how if I let it, if I if I, if I held on to it, how it would take me down with yes. it, if you will. Yes, ma'am. And so it wasn't like, I did definitely, it took a while, but it was a constant, like, you had to still fight against. What would eventually drag you down and become and become all-consuming, if you will. Yeah. And eventually, I did get over it, but like, it's it's very dangerous territory that you're in if you allow yourself to be pulled down by it because it becomes all you think about all the time. Yes, ma'am. You, I mean, it, it seemed like, in, in retrospect, now like that it was one of those things I had to definitely endure because. Every day, I still had to get up. I still had to go to work. I still had to perform certain functions, do certain things. Yeah. And those things were hard for me to do, but I had to endure and get through it. Otherwise, it would have changed my whole life. Yeah. When that person was gone, and I couldn't get that person back, no matter how much I wanted to grieve for her, you know.
0: And so then, when you think about it, the person is dead yeah. anyway. And yeah. You're not really grieving about them. You're grieving. All you. about your own selfish self. Right, your own you, you miss that person. Or you yeah, want or
3: you're angry at that person for not being here if they <laughs> had some, as if they had some control, and maybe yes. you think they had some control, but that's not for you to ever say because you can never know that kind of thing. Yeah, but it's all those. But you can see, like, if I didn't have kind of the background, and the clarity to kind of step away from what the thoughts were, eventually I wouldn't get out of that. You know, I would have made me function at some lower point of what I how I used to function because that would have taken place of what I, you know, how I used to be. Yes, but ma'am. It's, it's very, it's, it's very very dangerous. And I, you know, it's, and I kind of look back at now that I've endured and got through and how I was thankful that I had the knowledge to not let that overcome me, if you will. Yes, ma'am. But it's, it's a very, very evil thing. It's that, evil.
0: Our battle is a battle between good and evil, and you have to be real careful in the way you deal with life because you can lock in with evil and it just become a part of your life. I I know a lady who, every time I see her now, she said, I'm an angry person. I'm just so angry. And, and I said to her, you got to stop saying that. You got to stop saying that because you are now identifying with it. And that anger is not you. It's a spirit that's made a home in you. And you're going to need... You need to pray. You need to sit still so God can separate you from that spirit so you can know that it is not you. Because we are justified and or condemned by our words. We can say things over and over again until it absolutely become who you are. Because it's a spiritual thing. You're, we have power in our words. And so I'm, I said to her, you got to stop saying that. Well, how do you, how do you not? I am angry. How do you, it's not you. It's a spirit inside of you. The real you is not an angry person. The true you, your true nature is not an angry nature. It's just that something else comes in and overshadows that and you identify with it, and then it starts to feel like it's you. But it is not you. But you can name and claim it until it will become who you are. And I don't mean you go around saying that I'm not angry, and hopefully we can get in today how you deal with that. But you should not keep claiming that you're an angry person. If you, are, if you have that spirit of anger, it's enough to know that it's there, but do not identify with it because it's not you. How many people understand that? I'm telling you, when you run into people who are claiming that they're angry, you need to tell them. you got to stop naming and claiming that because you're justified. You condemn yourself when you do that. Yes, Pat?
6: I um, just want to kind of reiterate this thing about the thoughts being connected. When you're chastised by... <laughs> god and and man you know you chastised me earlier for something and it's kind of a devastating charge you know and my life has been about getting that kind of chastisement and just burrowing underground about 20 yards right you know (laughs) uh i'm just not coming out no one's going to see me for six months (laughs) but but you know uh, and the reason for that is because i've been so connected with my thoughts yes and um there is no other way, really, to overcome this kind of stuff with, without separating you. Yes, sir. You, you, I have to separate from my thoughts. you got to separate my thoughts. Because my thoughts would take me down there every time. Yes. So it's like then you just get a... Then the the, 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 the the pain that you get is the pain that you get, and that's all it is, and it's bearable. God mm-hmm. never gives you anything more. But we with the thoughts, then we add the supersonic pain, and then it's just off the chart.
0: How many people understand that? That is so true. Yes. Do you understand what he just said? It is so true. That's why God said you have to be still. Because in stillness you're able to endure and overcome anything. The the, the shock is to your to your ego. When it shocks you when someone corrects you you want to just bury yourself, it's just your pride being attacked and no one wants to admit that they're wrong. Most people want to feel in their pride that they're all good all-knowing, all-powerful, and then someone comes along and says, no, you're no good. I remember I told a preacher on my radio show one day, he going on and on about something, and I said, you know what? You need to be born again. Not only are you not a preacher, you're not even born again. And it was shocking to him. I mean, he didn't know what to do with it. But it was to his ego, to his pride. Um, one of the ways that I've been chastised by God is that um, I, was, I, I worked with a lot of people and a couple years ago, I ran up on an angry person that I was working with. And for a little while, this angry person was acting as though they were fine. They were getting it. They were doing fine. And one day, they shot me. I mean, it just all hell came out. And I'm like, I was shot by it. And in that shot, I wanted to just not deal with that person anymore. But I, kept, I couldn't find peace within myself not dealing with that. Because I needed to deal with that to get better. And they needed somebody to be patient with them through it. And so I realized, you know what, I've got to deal with this person. It's for their good and my good. And he would not let me have peace until I realized I needed to deal with that. And I was shocked until not wanting to deal with it. And I'm glad to see that. Now, I understand to tell you, this, this particular person has got some serious, deep, shocking anger. But I'm excited to be ready to deal with it again because hopefully, I pray that they get over it and I get better from it. He he's chastising me because he wants me to get tougher, you know. He doesn't want me to cower down to this hell that's in this person, and so I'm looking forward to it, and I'm just I'm I'm kind of excited about it. You know, I'm ready to take this on now because I took the whooping. He won't let me have peace. You know, he won't let me relax until I go and deal with this. I'm being chastised for running away from it. Yes.
6: Just one other thing about why me, when you mentioned the why me factor, that really kind of blew my mind because I've, you know, always think why me. You know, I've always thought why me, why, you know, like, like I get mad, you know, in traffic or something like that or something happens that seems like unusual. Like you said, he chastised those he loves. Yes. And why me becomes, why are you doing this? Why are you chastising <laughs> me when you're not chastising Johnny, right? Yes. But we have it backwards wow. that it's because he loves us that he does. And I, it's like, almost like I want to read this over and over again, too, because now, just to kind of get it into my, my system. I
0: read this over and o- I was just loving this yesterday reading it, over and over again. And then I, was, I even saw Kent yesterday. I'm like, did you read that chapter? And I think you told me yes. But it is—it's just so much in here, just in this one chapter long about endurance.
6: It's the opposite of what when we say "why me," we think "why me?" Like you're picking on me, like it's unfair in some kind of way.
0: Yes, ego, prideful people say "why me?" People who are children of God do not say "why me," because they know why they need to go through it. I hear a lot of people say, "Well, I'm a I'm a child of God, and I have to suffer." Whereas my neighbor is a sinner and they are not suffering. Why would God treat me this way and not treat them that way? They're not realizing that it's because they're children of God that he's treating them that way. And he doesn't care about these folks. Let them look like they are partying and they're having a good time. Let them go to their father, the devil. It's the ones that he loves that he corrects. Just think about our own children. Well, a lot of parents don't do it now. But don't you like correct your own children because you want them to be better? You, you, you have this love for them so you, you punish them so that they can get better. Just think about that. And so God is, and His righteousness is better than we are. Why don't we accept it from Him as well? We don't, most Christians don't expect God to chastise them. They think, and He is all love, but they think in His love He's just going to shower you with love. And he is showering you with love, but not the kind of love you think that it should be. Not this worldly, worldly, human love. It's a different kind of love. I'm loving this. Are you loving this, Pat?
6: Uh, In a a perverse kind of way, yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm solely loving it. My father loved me, so he's punishing me. When I'm weak, in in areas where I'm weak, he brings something that will cause me to wake up and get better in life. What do you think about that, Doug? Interesting, huh? Yeah. You never thought of God loving you like that, right? No. Yeah. Did you read that chapter? Yeah. You read it. And what did you get from it when you read it? Just, I
2: mean, just pretty much, like I said, I never thought of it that way.
0: Yeah.
2: I, I've only, I don't think I've ever heard anybody ever say that either.
1: Yeah. You
2: know? Yeah. Um, it's just different.
1: It's new.
0: <laughs> but it's new, it's a good new though yeah oh is it no, so you have don't know <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a good new yes
6: yeah, sir well if you read the first part of it it kind of goes to this part why it is exciting yeah. you see something at a certain point in your life and you know you need some harsh medicine to get it out of there just like if you had a bad flu or something you are dropping down some old remedies that's right you know so you know that it's Yeah, you don't like what you're going through, but you know this is the medicine it takes for you to be free of this stuff. That's
0: right. Read the first part that you're talking about.
6: It says... And uh, read it loud. Uh, With so many witnesses and a great cloud all around us, we too, men, should throw off everything that weighs us down and the sin that clings so closely and with perseverance keep running in the race which lies ahead of us.
0: Yes. And you know the thing that weighs us down is all ego, our pride. Our resentment. When you resent chastisement, when you resent having to endure, it weighs you down. But if you can just let that pass and take it, you can get past your sins, you can get go free, and can deal with anything. Just don't resent it. Don't become angry about it. Let anger go. And you can endure it. That's what weighs you down. Just test it. I could be like totally 100% wrong. You can test it for yourself. Whatever your little secret is that you're going through in life, don't resent it and see what happens. Don't resent the pain of it. See what happens. You can go free just like that. That's what weighs you down. You hate it. Most people, that shock that I got, I resented that person for shocking me like that. And that's what caused me not to want to deal with them. But I realize I'm wrong. And now I want to deal with it. But you got to not resent it. Do not resent That's the only thing that weighs you down. It's like you put a heavy load on you when you put resentment when you resent anything or anybody or yourself. That is absolutely good. I wish you guys had read this, James. Yes, yes, ma'am. I was just
8: gonna say, um, I get little glimpses like where I'm free of the um, resenting, seeing myself, and then but then I go back to sleep or something. Yes, and. So, what I've noticed um, is that i've been i mean I've been trying to wake up for years and years and and i've been it's like I've been in denial it's like I'm fighting I'm coming to these meetings, and at the same time I'm fighting the truth every ounce of my being but suddenly now I really want to you know I want to um, see it and get through it, and so I'm kind of looking for the answers. Now, for the first time, I'm kind of questioning every time I take a bite of food or something. Yes, I'm I'm trying to be aware enough to question, do I need this? Do I not need this? Be aware.
0: Absolutely. that's the key word. Be aware.
8: But this is the first time after all these years? I can't believe it's taken me so long. Is that endurance? That's
0: okay. It's better late than never.
8: Is that endurance? Yes, ma'am.
0: You didn't give up on yourself.
8: I have persevered for sure, but boy, i mean like, I, I'm like a little kid that won't let go of that toy,
0: Yeah, that's that
8: thing that's hurting them.
0: Yeah, well, thank God you're still alive so you can wake up. That's the good thing about it, yeah. that you're still alive because you could have died in that darkness. Yeah,
8: I still can, you know.
0: Uh, We better hurry up.
8: Don't say that. You're
0: not a little fried chicken anymore. (laughs) (laughs) But thank God you're alive that you can wake up. I thank God that I'm alive so I can be uh, awakening. That I'm constantly growing and seeing things. Because a lot of people die in that darkness. Absolutely. A lot of people don't even know about what we're talking about. They don't even know that there is a kingdom of heaven within, that there is a, a consciousness within, within themselves that they have to connect with and live from. They don't even know about it. A, a lot of preachers don't even mention it because they don't know. So we're very fortunate in that we know about it. At least we hear about it. We know if there, there's this possibility. It is interesting that I know about it because I'm not a, a smart kind of a person. I barely finished high school. As Kelly said, I use wrong grammar. But I know about this thing, and it's mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. So if I can know about it, and I didn't go to college, and all you folks around here have PhDs, MSDs, YSDs, <laughs> <laughs> it should be easy for you. But it is there. And it's, bu- it's interesting that it's there, though. You know, it's... It's just so interesting that it's there. That was just so, I'm at real weird right now. But I can't, and I want to tear up from it, because how do you grasp that there is another life inside of us that we're supposed to live from? And this other life is an abnormal life that you live. This anger, the fear, the doubt, the worldly life is an abnormal life. This other life is a normal life. You know how do your mind grasp something like that? You know, that that is real, but it's so real, and the only way you're gonna get it, you're gonna have to calm down, and take the pain, and endure. And endure. That's the only way it's gonna happen. You gotta calm down. You gotta stop overreacting. Uh, there, you can't get it running around, hooping and hollering, pardon, complaining. Getting drunk, getting high, having sex with everybody and their mama, running away from your challenges. You gotta calm down so that you can become one with it. You can awaken. And that's something. And once you can be still, it is something else. And for me to know it, take my word, it is real. It's real. Because he allows me to see it. Anyway, Pat wanna finish his point and then I saw a hand here and I come back to you, John. Yes.
6: I notice when I'm getting the truth about myself now, it's shock, it, 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 this is a shock to my system. Yeah. And it's like a certain kind of awakening. Yes. And I notice that now I can't, I can't really go back to sleep. As much as part of me wants to sleep and deny, there's a part of me, there's another side that's appearing to be stronger, that's keeping me from falling asleep completely. And if yes, I, start to, I start to slumber a little bit, and it kind of wakes me back up, almost like automatically.
0: That's why I say that once you're born again, you cannot go out of it and come back and go out of it and come back. Once you awaken it, you have awakening, that's it. And you start to grow from it. That doesn't mean you don't go in and out of your imagination sometimes, a lot of times. But you're still awake enough where you're coming out of it. And then you start to grow from that. Absolutely.
6: Isn't that nice? Well, it's it's interesting that it has nothing to do with Mean, it, it's, yes, it, it's just you're in some kind of a system and it operates a certain way, you know.
0: I love it. And we're in a black church, everybody's <laughs> <and hollering, laughs> all over the floor, and, rolling on the floor, <laughs> and then while they're doing that, the well, ushers well. go to get the money basket. And so, it's just before they come down, collect all the money. <laughs> but you're absolutely right, you're in a different system now. Where you cannot leave anymore. And you're, uh, you just grow from that. You get better and better. You're born again. Into a new, out of the darkness, into the light. And once you're locked in, you're locked in forever. Now, if you can get out of it, I don't know about it. Maybe there's something you could do. I don't know. But why would anyone want to come out of the light back into the darkness? You know what I'm saying? But you got to endure. you got to stop complaining. Just imagine if Jesus had said, oh, I don't want to do this today. <laughs> I did it last year. Women all in. <sighs> Why me? <laughs> just imagine what would happen have happened had he said that. We could all just hang it up. But never once did he complain. He said to the devil, get behind me, Satan. And he said to God, his father, whatever I have to do, give me the, the power to do it. Whatever your will is, let it be done. That's the attitude we should have. Whatever your will is, if I got to suffer through it, I just have to suffer through it. But let your will be done, not my will, but your will. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool, though? Yeah. You don't look very happy about it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, yes, let me take a favor first Yes, sir.
10: This is a great subject for me because for a lot of years I, I tried really hard to... Am I moving
0: too much? Yeah. Oh, John, let, let me know. Tell me calm down. I'm acting like a Negro up here. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever good to black, they start to move. <laughs> and white people just stand here. And yes, this is really good. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> But well, black people stop moving yeah. when it's good. So I won't move. I'm going to act white. I do have some white in me. Did you guys know that?
8: What?
0: I have some white blood in me. Okay. You and Barack, huh? Yeah, Barack <coughs> is my half-brother. <laughs> the way I found out that I have some white blood, I have a, a hair lip, a cleft palate, and the dentist told me the other day I had, he's like, this is not a black person's thing. This is a white man's thing. You like you have white blood in you? I'm like, yeah, I've been told that. I was all happy. Uh, What a way to find out I have white blood, huh? I got the bad part of white blood.
1: (laughs) I thought you were gonna say you can't
0: dance. (laughs) no, I can get down in my mind. Yeah, I'm sorry. Somebody was talking.
10: Yeah, um, for years I tried real hard to escape the pain and. you know, like I, I was really saying, God, leave me alone. I, you know, this isn't what I was bargaining for. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just wanted the easy road and find yeah. the light, but I didn't want to have to pay anything for it. I mean, and that's just, I don't know. I thought, and then when I finally realized, you know, that, that this is for my good and it's not a big deal, you know, if I don't fight it, it's over. it's amazing how quickly... Correction just passes if you don't fight it.
0: Yeah. You,
5: just,
10: you just see it and it's gone. You acknowledge it and it's gone. And it's not—it's the fighting it that man. That is excruciating. And then also, I you know I realized too that if I did, if my conscience left me, that is scary. And that kind of shook me up.
0: because
10: yeah. I was clo- I felt like I was close to where he would just depart from me, and then I would have no basis to come back anymore.
0: That is so powerful. Can you imagine waking up to consciousness, to the mind of God, and he depart from you? I would throw myself over the bridge. I, I can't imagine that happening. Yeah, because then <clears throat> the whole
10: standard is gone. Yeah. You
0: know. Yeah. Um, one point, um, two points you made. One is that you definitely want to go toward the pain, not away from it. Go toward the pain. Patrick had to go and do something this week with the manager, talk to one of the manager. And it was so painful for him to go back and talk to the manager again. He would tell me that his mind saw him him. And, you know, like, I don't know if he said, why me? But I'm sure he probably wanted to say, why me? But he did it anyway, and it turned out to be well. You know, it's not, you got to go toward the pain and not away from it. You got to, whatever your little private secret thing is, you got to face it. Whatever your fear is, you got to go toward it and not away from it. You get better when you go toward it and not away from it. You really do. And you got to pay for this. You do have to give up something to get it. You got to give up your sinful ego nature, that nature that's of the devil. You got to give up something. It doesn't come free. Christ had to give up something for us. Why shouldn't we have to give up something? You know, so instead of saying, why me? Why not me? And I, I never say, why me? I just ask God to give me the, the power to endure it. Whatever your will is, if this is what I must go through, give me the power to do it. Take me through it. You know, I don't want to complain through it because I see I get better from it now. And then he can be glorified and you can help others and all that good stuff. All right? But you're absolutely right. You've got to face the pain. You've got to go to it, not away from it. I don't know anybody on earth, and if you guys know someone, let me know, who ran away from their pain and got better. I don't know anyone who ran and got better.
6: What about Jonah? What about what? Remember that guy that ran and then he got stuck in
0: the whale.
6: Oh, except him. But he had to come back. <laughs> yeah. But well, he came back, though.
0: He did. Yeah, he well, to the whale But you got to go to it. There's no other way. No other way out. Either you run away from it and you play basketball with the girls or you get on the team with the guys. <laughs> you got to face it. I, I, I want to say I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. It's just the way it is. You got to face it. Even when you're ill, when you have a physical pain in your body, if you just relax and take that pain and don't, oh, and be conscious of that pain and relax, you can get over the pain. You can be healed. But if you, oh, I'm sick, I'm out of it. Why me? Mama hate me, daddy hate me. You're going to be sick forever and people are going to stop coming around to visit. But it's consciousness going toward it that causes you to, causes you to get better. Isn't that amazing? Let me take John Sheila. Yes, John. You know, I just
2: realized something. Unless you're willing to endure, you'll never be able to love, experience love or love someone else, unless you have really the willingness to endure.
0: That's right. Absolute truth. If you don't endure with your own life, you can never love your fellow man. Because you're a selfish person. Selfish people cannot love. Absolutely. Yes, ma'am.
11: Two things. First, I want to thank you for giving us this for this year. Yes. I really needed it. And then I want to thank John for, after I talked to him yesterday, he told me what we were supposed to read. Okay. And I read it, and we read it together. Um, that last thing you just said about like physical pain, this year was the most physical pain I've ever had to endure in my life. And there were times when I thought, OK, th- I'm checking out. Yeah. I- I- I've gone through so much as a child and had to deal with a lot of different things, but I've never really felt that bad. Yes. So if, if it's your will, I guess I'm going to check out. That's, <laughs> that's what I told him. That's and, right. And I thought to myself, how selfish is that? All I have to do is go through it yes. to get to it. And the minute I was able to say that to myself, I took myself off of several medications that the doctors had me on. And when they found that out, they were pretty angry. Um, because you're not supposed to do that. Yeah. Um, It's bad
0: for business when you do that.
11: Yeah, yeah, that's what I found out. But forget business because it was about me and my body. The minute I found out what actually worked for me were certain supplements and my diet and talked to Rhonda and a few other people, it was amazing what happened to my body. Um, It started to heal itself. Yes, ma'am. In 10 days, I go back to work, and I'm going to have to, quote, unquote, endure In the department that I work in, which is a difficult one, but I'm gonna go through it because I know I can now.
0: Yes, ma'am. No
11: matter what I have to face, and I have a lot to face, we have a lot of different things that's going on right now between Marcus and myself, between the nation, between the world, or whatever. People have a lot of things that are going on. That's right. But I am going to endure, and this is awesome to me. Wow. Awesome. You're about
0: to bring out all the mama in me right now. (laughs) I'm totally loving it. And you're saying so much and so powerful. I want to respond, but I want to let some of the other Christians respond to something you said. Anybody get anything with what she said? Yes. What would you get from it, Pat?
6: Well, I know know Sheila, so I just saw her speak, and I saw everything I needed to see in the way she's clear-eyed, dealing with stuff and there's a determination in her that I really admire yes. that I hadn't seen before.
3: Thank you. <laughs> um, yes, I I think it's a beautiful thing that to realize that the pain is temporary and that if you can see that there's an end, oh there will be an end and that's that's all you need to know to get through it. Because yeah. you know, people get in pain and think, oh this is forever. It's never forever unless you make it forever. You know, no, it's sure. that that if you, can, if you realize that you have to just get through it, that at some point there is an end. And once you've gotten to the end, look back, and it, you know, the duration doesn't seem maybe as bad in retrospect. I don't know. I think it's beautiful thing. You can see that there's a start and there's an end of things. And the point is just to get through it, and you'll become a better person at the end of it.
0: And there is something else that happens when you stop complaining even about physical pain that allows you to be healed. Uh, allow, and everybody know what that is? once you stop complaining? No? Alright. When you stop complaining, you wake up to God's consciousness. You wake up to that and you create a space between the pain and and the, um, um, the possibility of healing. Because now you're not connected to the pain you're connected to his mindset, his consciousness, and all things are possible, right? So when you create that space, then you allow the, the, uh, the uh, possibility of healing to take place because it's like when you complain, you're totally one with your ego, with your pride. Uh, God is not a part of it. You can't even see anything. You see no hope in getting better. But when you separate from that pain, it's like being in a crowded room where you have so much furniture and no space to do anything else, and then all of a sudden you move some of that furniture out and you got this empty space to fill in. Well, when you're uh, separated from that, Patrick was talking earlier about you got to be still and be separated. When you're separated from that pain, there's space in there for God to come in and heal. He can bring something in and fulfill it. But when you're connected with the pain, you can't be healed. You know, when you have a room full of furniture, you yeah, have no more room for furniture. And the same thing with consciousness. You wake up, you create a space between you and the world, between you and your ego, and God can come in and do the rest for you. Isn't that like something else? And for me to know that is weird. You know, how do I know that consciousness wakes me up so that there's I'm not connected to whatever it is my little thing is so God can come in and heal it? You know, how do I know that? That's weird, but it's true. And that's why he said we can be healed. Because you have a, you are one with him and you have room now where healing can come in. A complaining person, a running person, a person on the run from pain, how can they be helped? They're all one with the pain. You can't put any more furniture in that room because they're one, the room is crowded with thoughts, with anger, with emotions. All that stuff is there. How can you be healed? There's no space for anything else. But what God does, He separates us from our ego so there can be some space and He can come in and do the work. Isn't that like nice? And that's why you're able to do it. You say, you know what? I got to wake up. I got to stop complaining. Whatever your will is, let it be done. And that's when you can start to see your way out. I love that. And you had a part two as well. Well, that's Oh, you wanted to thank everybody for letting yes. you. Know, tell you about it?
11: I had so many people that either called or came to visit and shared different things with me. Rhonda did both. She came to visit, she called, gave me a book. I literally went through that book, and when I saw what an irregular lung looked like as opposed to my lung, I've had procedures, all sorts of things. The machines that were hooked up in my house, and it's like I'm telling the doctor, you know, that, that that's not working. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, but m- you, Ms. Davis, you have to keep using it, but it's not working. Yeah. I know my own body. I've had this long enough. So, let's just unplug it. But you can't. It's too late. I already did it.
0: Yeah.
11: It's done. Well, but you're getting better. We want to do another procedure. No. No, I'm not signing for another procedure. So, well,
0: I want to encourage you to stay with the prayer, uh, stay conscious, and let God will be done. That's now, what I, I can't make any medical advice to you at all, but I, know. I do know in a state of consciousness, all things are possible. You know, people who are depressed and um, whatever they feel, they're only that way because there's no, nothing there that can be fulfilled. You know, if you want to get better in life, you need some space to grow, and God separate you so you can have space to grow. You know, you f- hopeless people, people who feel a sense of hopelessness, they're co- so connected with anger and imagination that no light to get in that can bring hope to them. But once they separate from that, then they have hope because there's some room in there to grow in your spirit so that you can grow. That's why God separated us from the imagination, the darkness of our imagination, so that light can shine in and give us life. I'm so crazy about that. Yes, Pat?
6: You know, I just want to kind of throw something out there that's been, yeah, I think it, it attaches to what we're talking about, but it's it, it been weighing me down for a while, which is I, I was attached or have been attached to outward knowledge yes. instead of uh, inward and when she Sheila kind of tipped it off for me when she said at some point she knew her body and she's not going to go with what the doctor, the outside authority said in her case. But I noticed that it's been so true for me that I'd always, I've always been looking for, you know, when I look to do how to do something, I'm always looking in a book or something, or I'm always looking at some external source for it. And I even did it up until yesterday. You know, I'm doing management. i got a lot of responsibilities. I realized some of the things I was doing this year needed to be tweaked and be better. Yeah. But instead of kind of really looking from within, I, I was looking to my old sources again. Yeah. I spent hours Friday night. I was up to like 1 or 2 in the morning. Yesterday, I spent a bunch of time. And I was trying to look for a specific thing, you know, that would help me with the system or something. And I just ran myself around, and I went to all these stores trying to find a particular thing. I couldn't find it. Finally, uh you know, Stephanie said to me, uh, you mentioned something about that. You know what, when I've gone around enough, I, you know, you stop. And she reminded me of that. You know, you're, you're right. Yes. And in a way, I think this whole thing, I, and, and when you're going for something that hard externally, what I do is I just go to the end. I'm like a bloodhound. <laughs> and, but the problem is I go, I go over the top. I yep. spend too much time. I don't get to bed on time to do my prayer correctly and I don't get my prayer done the next morning correctly. All that because I was chasing something externally, which wasn't necessary. I just realized something sitting here, I was trying to solve a problem of management. I just realized something sitting here while we were speaking, just a consciousness came open and showed me the thing that was taking me hours to try to find out on my own with my ego. So I I just want to kind of hopefully dump that for for the year and forever. (laughs) You
0: can endure not knowing. You may not have the answer right then. And that's okay sometimes, just wait. Just use up everything you have, all the information you do have, use it. And if you don't know what to do, do nothing. It'll come, it will come to you. Now there's nothing wrong with reading other people how they've done things, I'm not saying not to do that. But it's okay not to know what to do next. You know, people say, oh you need a 10 year plan, a five year plan, a 20 year plan. And you spend 10 years trying to figure out what you're going to do the next 10 years rather than taking that moment and living off that and then God will give you the next moment. He will give it to you when you need it. It's okay, but a lot of people cannot endure not knowing. They've got to have it all, they've got to have the answer, and they've got to have it now. And they go nuts. Absolutely, man. It, it, you've got to endure. If you wait up on the Lord, He'll supply your every need. He really, really will. Let me take Kent and then Frankie
9: and then i come. Yes, sir. Yeah, I just wanted to echo. I, you know, I had that same issue that Pat had or has or had. And, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting because when you, you go after that knowledge um, and you're extreme, like m- myself, like it sounds like Pat is too, you lose... Um, any sort of natural within knowledge that you really have, yes, sir. And uh, you know, I, I went into really extreme in my business, and it didn't—it didn't bring me anything. Nothing yeah, but headaches. It, it, it didn't. And I, when I came out of that, all the insight in the world was right there. Yeah. But I had somehow my mind had tricked me into believing that I needed to go to the books or I needed to go to actually a person who was an expert who would tell me that. And then it's like you got your medical experts and what do they say? And these guys are the medical experts. I really, I think, are crazy. Yes. And I'm scared of those people because yeah, kill you. it's your life on the line. It's your actual That's life. Right. I mean, it's, my business is on the line. At least it's not my life. But you go to these medical experts and you don't know what they're saying. Yeah. And, you, and you, part of you saying, well, they, they say to stay on this machine or they say to take this stuff. And, and these guys aren't guided by the light.
0: It's amazing, too. Your mind will tell you what the doctor says still on the machine. And so you'll trust the darkness of your imagination rather than trusting what you think it may be best for you. Because it comes in right away to tell you what the doctor said. You need to take this medicine, you need to do this.
9: And, and I, I, I do what you say. I mean, I when I don't know something, I just don't know it. That's right. I don't have the answer, and maybe, you know, be in six months or three weeks or whatever it is. but and I'm I'm staying away from the experts. That's, I, that's, that's the one thing I know I'm gonna
0: do. And the thing about it, just think about God is like God. All knowing, almighty, all love. He created us. Why wouldn't he take care of us? You know, just think about that. Why would we trust somebody else before we would trust him? And where did they get their information from? And how do look, we are in a mess now financially in this country because we listen to the experts. I was thinking about those people. Somebody, there's this guy in New York. He ripped off people for fifty billion dollars or something like that. Yeah. Mad Mad How many?
9: Man, fifty billion. Isn't
0: that amazing? Yeah. They relied on the expert. Fifty billion dollar right. worth. That's right. <laughs> Banks and financial companies and nonprofit organizations relied on the, on the man. They thought he was smarter. And, and
9: that's they. Are, they, they it's a, just the same example it's just on a much bigger level of, yes, sir. he convinced people that, and they believe the lie and, and it's amazing
0: too that we have such ego that we could be convinced like that somebody can come to us and say hey, I can make your money work <laughs> uh, but, but because they are so convinced in themselves, they have that security that they can do it they somehow or another convince themselves, and they come to our little weak, weak ego and convince us: "Turn your money over to me, and I'll make you rich." Even bank companies do that. Is mind blowing when you think about that. Another thing I think is interesting too. I, I heard that the government bailed out the banks, right? Gave them money, right? Isn't that our money? That's our money, right? So now, if we wanted some money from the bank, we gotta go back and borrow our money right. back from the bank again? Yeah.
6: Yeah.
0: <laughs> We're paying money for our own money yeah. that we gave to the bank. <laughs> wow. That is interesting. Yeah. Maybe I should start me a bank.
6: <laughs> Let me tell you. Can I finish up what I was? Oh, we, I'm sorry, yeah. You know, yeah. one thing I did find out that the only thing that really has worked for, for me in terms of business uh, uh, is there are certain desires of things that I've wanted. And people have talked to me and say you need to do this or you need to do that. And I couldn't pull it off. You know what they were saying to me to do. Yes. But the only thing that really worked was for me to. There are certain things that I do want. I do have desires for the business, what I want to see it do. Yes. And those things tend to come not when I say so, but they come on their own accord in their own time, and they do come. That's right. And that's the only thing that I've seen that's actually worked.
0: They do come. Absolutely, you need to be patient and endure. God even said for us to stand, 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 stand. And when we've done all we can do to stand, stand some more. He doesn't say cower down, run away, whoop and holler, complain. He wants you to stand some more, even when you're tired of standing. Wow, He loves us, right? That's amazing. Yes, you.
1: Uh, Two points, you know, uh, it's the first steps to adulthood when you uh, um, take this kind of pain and endurance, and, you know, the world is there to give you, you know, the sex and the drugs, you know, entertainment, music, and it's all to kind of take you away from yourself and take you away from that pain. That pain is your conscience, being uh, aware of your conscience, and uh, people people hate that. Humans hate that. They want... The unconscious and the excitement and the and all the fun stuff. Yes, sir. And um, r- really, the truth is on the other side. And I notice um, uh, even parents hate to have their kids uh, endure the pain. Yeah. Uh, they give them um, entertainment. They give them advice, and they don't take it. Uh, what they really need is the suffering. They need the pain. Yeah. And uh, it, you know, God, even God says. They should go hungry, and let them go hungry. Some people you shouldn't even give them food. Let them suffer and he then the suffering. You don't
0: work, you don't eat.
1: Yeah, let the suffering awaken them. Yeah. But if you feed them, you keep them fat. They have no reason to wake up inside. So you know, uh, even when you used to used to help people, I would I would say to you, don't help, them. because your help, when you help that person. They get worse. They get, worse. They just, they get deeper into unconsciousness. It's best that they let them fail and let them go into destruction where they're at, because the fire is not as hot as as if you give advice and you help that person. The they they go deeper. I mean, we, I have a friend that's you know it's really suffering, and I, I have to let them suffer because if I help them monetarily, even give them advice, they're going to get worse. Well,
0: most people don't take your advice anyway. They want they want they want other advice. They don't want the true advice. They want something else that's gonna ease the pain and prevent them from suffering. They
1: don't even want the advice, they just want relief from the pain. Yeah. They don't really want the truth. Absolutely. They just wanna be relieved for the moment. They don't want the truth. They they, they just they, they don't wanna suffer. They want it's not that they don't wanna suffer, they just don't want the pain
9: that A they're quick going through.
0: Fix. I yeah. totally agree. Yes, sir.
9: Yeah, I've read a really interesting article about the number one tennis player in the world. They were interviewing his uncle, who's his coach, and it was really relevant because they said, well, what are your techniques for making your your uh, nephew such a great player? And he had a couple of interesting things that he said. Number one, he says, I, I won't let him pay me because if he pays me to be his coach, then I work for him, and I want, I want him to be working for me. <laughs> yeah and the second thing that he said which is a lot of times in pro tennis the coaches take care of everything they go get the strings for the rackets put in they get their water he says no my nephew has to do everything he has to go get his strings he's not going to do anything for him because he wants him to do it on his own they said well what how did you teach him about diet did you make him do anything did you tell him to eat these kinds of things he says no he says i wanted my nephew to learn about his own diet on his own. And so if he ate something like a hamburger, I wanted him to learn what it feels like to play in a match where he felt bad after that. Because he would learn what the right diet is. And of course now he doesn't, you know, hamburgers before matches. So really interesting how he he essentially trained this individual to be his own person rather than sort of babying him and doing all these things for him and, and spoiling him, which is usually what they do. The champions.
0: We used to know this as parents, too. In the good old days, we knew this. We knew this truth. But we sold it down the drain for some reason. For the government, for the experts. We sold our kids down the drain to take the advice of other people. Sometimes I'm looking at certain TV shows, I'm hearing these experts giving out advice. And it's all dumb advice, but they're so secure in what they're saying, it seems like it's going to work. And I'm thinking, this is not going to work. This is not good, but they're the experts. And they all puffed up in it. And it's just to make you worse. It's nothing there to do, do you good at all. And they make a lot of money to keep you down. They make buku money being experts. we got to come back to common sense. Yes, and, and all we got to get back is by enduring. Absolutely. Yes, sir.
2: Yeah. Right now it occurred to me, you know, industries have been created to keep us from enduring. Yes. You know, appeal yes, for that and uh, whatever and, uh, anointment for this, and i don 't know what else, and uh, you know it 's amazing and, and the other thing I really wanted to say before is uh, you know hum, uh, how much our lives would really improve if we'd be just simply willing to endure
0: no pain, no gain you
2: know it, and in, in other words, uh, you know the divorces that occur as yeah. many as they do you know it 's a lack. Um, to some extent, certainly, it's a lack of not wanting to endure, yeah. uh, and uh, and how our personal relationships would really improve
0: if we would people, simply
2: have if they would have the willingness to endure.
0: I hear a lot of people say they live together because before they get married, because marriage because they want to see if it's going to work. How do you know? If, uh, it's a lifetime thing. You know, it's not it's not like a thing for a couple months. And then if it doesn't work, then you leave each other. You have to endure till death do your part. And they don't have that mindset, though. Oh, we're living together because we want to see if it's going to work or not. So how do you know? At what time period do you know that this marriage is not going to work? You know, they're not dead yet. We got to endure. I have a question, but first I'm gonna ask. Yes, ma'am. I
3: think people. Instead of trusting their own instincts on their relationships, they already know. Yeah, like the whole living together. Like my friends who do it, like you already know before you move from that person whether your relationship's going to work or not. But you want to put something tactical that's going to show you physically instead of trusting your own yes, what yes. you already know is true. And what most people can see is true, but you are so unwilling to say, wait, I know this. I don't need any more physical or material confirmation. But they still go for that confirmation. Yeah, even now. And, all then, yeah. Reality. And, and, and even their instincts. And they just ignore the instinct that they know is it's, it's running through them and it's obvious yeah. but they still can't acknowledge and, and give power to that
0: now you must be born again you gotta wake up you gotta wake up um, what do you think about what you've heard so far
12: okay see like you know on myself you know we have a a problem you know with uh, my son and how old is he? He's nineteen, okay. and you know uh, he. Is this your th- wife. She's he, my wife. Okay. Yes, and right now we're in a very difficult uh, time with him. You know, like he smokes, but he doesn't want to stop. Is he living with
0: you?
12: Yes, he was living in Mexico for a while. He was studying down there, and then he 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 stopped uh, studying, and. He, he, he wasn't going to go down there because he was having a lot of fun, so we brought, brought him back. Right. And at first, when uh, he came back, you know, he was okay, and then he started again. Right. And
0: when you say he smoked, Is he smoking marijuana? Uh, no, or only, so? only,
12: only marijuana. Marijuana, yeah. okay.
0: Yes. And he's living with you now? Uh, yes. And he's 19, and he's smoking marijuana. Is okay. he working?
12: Okay, yeah. Uh, okay, he came. And he he was going to college, then his staff. Right. he stopped, see? He says, you know, he did uh, like, not like the schedules or the teacher, <laughs> mm-hmm. see? Complain. No, compla- complaining.
0: <laughs> um, why don't you put him out? Why, why are you letting him stay with you?
12: See, okay, it's my fault. My wife, you know... Uh, uh, she told me, you know, she has to go out. And, you know, I feel bad, but, you know, I think it, it, this is the only solution. So, he, you know, he has to go out. You know, I feel bad, but, you know, there's no other solution. You feel bad that he has to work? Well, he, he, he helps me to work like, you know, twice a week, you know, but that's what? not the point. The right. thing, you know, he has to keep himself busy. But
0: why know? do you feel bad that he should have to work? <laughs> I, 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 no, no, about work,
12: no, that that's, that's fine. You know. What do you feel bad about? He's suffering and we are suffering, you know, you know what I'm saying?
0: But you feel bad that he's suffering and why?
12: Okay, you know, as a father, you know, I know I'm causing him, a, you know, a, a problem, you know, the, the way he's acting, right? But yeah. see, if I, we let him, if I let him do what he's doing, it's going to get worse and it's going to get worse for us too.
0: No, it's going to get worse if you don't let him do what he's doing. You've got to let him go so he can yeah, do what he's doing and hopefully he'll wake up before it's too late. But if you let him stay there and then try to, and I, believe me, I work with a lot of young men. I know for a fact that if you don't put him out and let him get a job, let him smoke a little marijuana until he wakes up, if you try to protect him, he's going to get worse. And then you really got to feel you, you agree with that? Yeah, your wife agrees with me. You need to stop being weak, stop being a mama, and
12: That's put him <laughs> out.
0: Yeah, you're more than a mama than the wife is. Yeah,
12: you know, like, uh, I know it's my fault, right? You know, because, uh, see, I, I'm acting weak.
0: Yeah, so you should apologize. <laughs> you know what, son? I have been weak with you. I'm sorry. You're going to have to go. You know, you got to get out, get a job, I, I suggest you stop smoking marijuana, but if you don't want to, that's up to you. But you got to go. You're a grown man now. I've done all I can do for you. i made some mistakes with you, and I apologize. But you got to go. You got to put them out. Other, than, If you don't, you're going to live to regret it. Yeah, that,
12: That's what's happening right now, with, especially with my wife. Because, see, she, uh, my wife, she's at home all the time. Yeah. See? I, I go to work right. but you know it's, it's not the same you know
0: right um, so you, you see Elisa uh,
8: yeah I understand
0: okay so you, you you agree that he need to put him out right of course yeah. that's
12: my point right. but you know he's weak
0: and yeah you should be ashamed of yourself being weak you, you're the head of your family the head of your yes. wife and your children and if the head is weak what do you expect them to be to become, you gotta bite the bullet, apologize for the mistakes you made with him, and let him go. And that's what real love is. Yeah. And then you go out there, you come back later and thank you for it.
12: No, I, I agree, uh, you know, it's true, uh, you know, about what you're saying, uh, because it, that's the, the way it should be.
0: So why don't you just do it?
12: Yeah, I'm gonna do it.
0: Yeah. You
12: know, I feel, you know, as a father, <laughs> but I have no to, you like, feel- I have
0: No, you feel. But see, no. you're not feeling that as a father. Yeah. You're feeling that as a mother.
12: I, I understand. I am the father. Yeah. The mother. That's right. No, I, I accept, <laughs> you, know, I, I, you know, like... You switch started, roles. I accept that, you know. Yeah.
0: Well, you need, it's time to stop being the mother. You have to forgive your mother for turning you into a mother. Whatever she did, your father for not being a good example. You need to forgive them so you can get rid of this mother spirit, this mother identity inside of you. Because one of the reasons your son is having that problem is that he has not had a real father to guide him. A tough man. Tough love. No, I, I, I agree on that. And so you need to apologize to him for that and let it go and let him go. Do not let him have a key to come in and out of the house when he wants to. Don't give him a house key. Let him go out and suffer. And, and then you'll live to be a proud father. If not, you're going to suffer the rest of your days. Your like wife right now, is right.
12: Like right now, you know, we're, you know, suffering. You know, my wife and I, you know, we always, uh, we, well, sometimes, you know, we have problems, right? Yeah. But uh, it's Norman and marriage, but we get along, you know.
0: Right. Is he your only he's, child? Uh,
12: no, he's the second.
0: He's the second. How's the other one doing?
12: Uh, he's doing fine. He goes to uh, UCLA. Oh, okay. Well, so you're going to have to let...
0: This, is he the baby? This one is the baby? No, he,
12: he's the middle. Oh, the this best. one is the middle. Yes, yeah, so and then I have a... We have another girl. Oh, okay. 17.
0: Um, you got to let this one go. You've got to have some tough love. Stop being a mama. Listen to your wife. Your wife needs a husband, not another wife. That's right, yes. Yeah, this is a gay marriage.
12: Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Yes. I, you know, I, it's really...
0: Yeah. And, and women <laughs> so, hate weak men. Women need a strong man. Their nature need a strong man, someone she can look up to and respect. And when she argue with you, you're not emotional about it. And that's what love is. And the family will be fine. But you gotta let your son go.
12: You know why should I lie? You know I'm I'm no, no, no. That's right. No, you're
0: totally right. And that's what's gonna help you is that you're being honest about it. Absolutely, you're doing the right thing. It's best to be honest about it so you can see your way out of it. So I, I admire that. But now you got to take some action. you got to let him go.
12: Like, you know, right now, you know, I, I, I can't sleep.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can't sleep because you're worried about him or because of what he's putting you
12: through? Uh, okay. See, uh, uh, both. Uh, okay. See, because uh, he's uh, he gets uh, very aggressive with my wife.
0: Yeah. Because he hates what, what you guys are doing to him.
12: With me, it's not no, no problem. Because no. I tell him you know. Because your
0: wife is a tough guy. Yeah. yeah so, that's right. <laughs> and so and he doesn't like it. Right. But you're making your wife look like the villain. By being weak with him, he thinks she is the villain, that she's doing wrong. And that's your fault that he's seeing it that way. Because your wife is right about what she's doing, and you should be with her on this and take
6: action.
12: That, that's the, uh, the reason, you know, we came, because we needed the help, you know, to, yeah. to, to advise. Uh, oh, good.
0: So, How did you hear about uh, us? Uh,
12: my wife, uh, she passed the other day, and, you know, and, uh, she, she was reading what it says in me. Oh, know, good. Outside.
0: Oh, right on. Well, you're welcome. I'm glad you came. So are you going to put him out? Yes. Yeah. I, I work with a lot of young men. We have a home for young men. And last month, I had to put one out and I was very close to a nice guy, and he just wasn't doing anything. And I had to put him out. Emotionally, it was hard to do it, but I did it anyway, and I sleep like a baby. I have not missed one nap, yet. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he's out there doing what he does. He seemed to be okay, I guess. And, and um, I'm not worried about it, because he gotta get out there and do it on his own. You know, he's not gonna, he didn't take advantage of the opportunities we gave him, so now he had to go and try his way and see if that worked. And if you love your son, you will let him go.
12: Yeah, I have to do that, yes. Yeah. No, so will you do it? Yes, yes I, I'm yeah. going to, yes. Yeah.
0: yes. And don't give them a lot of money or anything. They say, son, you got to uh, go.
12: No, we, we, we do not uh, give him money. Like, yeah. you know, since they, they, uh, they, they were uh, kids, you know, they used to go with me to right. work. You know, we, they never asked us for money, You know, they go with me. They were well, put him
0: out. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. You Don't resent your husband for being weak. Does he make you angry by being weak? I'm sorry? Yes. Yeah. Don't <coughs> resent him. That's the mama in him. He can't help it. He needs to forgive his mother for making him that way. So you have to be honest with him, but don't be angry at him. And then that love that you have for him will help him to overcome it. All right? I'm sorry you have to go through it, but you got to endure it, but don't be angry. Don't be angry. But you are 100% right. you gotta, You got to be a man. If you love your son, you're him free. All right?
12: It's like, you know, another thing, like when he goes to work, he concentrates, and he does the work the way, you know, it should be. Right. Uh, you know, I never tell him, you know, you know uh, he concentrates.
0: He'll be fine. You just need to let him go. Yes. You need to apologize for being weak and let him go. All right? Yes. right? I'm Thank glad you. you came. Thank you. Appreciate it. I want to encourage you to get a copy of my Be Still and Know Prayer CD. And you got to calm down so that God can change your life. He's not going to change any of your emotions and mind and overreacting. you got to calm down. He said that when you pray, be still and know him. Know that he's God. He wants you to calm down so... Um, he can create your life for you. There's a kingdom of heaven within of all of us, and it, it's created out of love. Visit my website at uh, church at bondinfo.org. No, that's an email. Bond at bondinfo.org. Bondinfo.org. Bond thank you, Pat. Bondinfo.org. And uh, thank you very much, and thank you guys, too. appreciate it.